Yeah, I'm digging that. I am digging that something proper. This is Dan Dunn, alongside Curtis Robinson, the Hunter Gatherers podcast, where we tell stories about Hunter S. Thompson. We hear stories about Hunter S. Thompson. We do what? Yeah, you, jump you, in there anytime. You, you you would say that if if you're not wanting to hear Hunter Thompson stories, you're probably in the wrong place right now. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, if you don't like Hunter S. Thompson, if you don't, because I get that, I get that. Yeah. Like, well, what if I don't like Hunter Thompson? Well, then probably it's not for it's you. Not the not the right one for not you. Not for you. And uh, we got some story. Not every story is a per. Not everybody that's been on the show or is going to be on the show has met Hunter. But there are people that have connections and, and, and things like that. And, and that would be true for our guest today, uh, which is... Well, there's, but, a, there's a whole category. Our guest today falls into a category. And the category is, uh, 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 we'll have to work on the title. But the segment would be businesses that are sort of inspired by or sort of build upon... None of the, the Gonzo Inn in Moab is probably, uh, if you don't know it, you, you, it it's, it's a wonderful place. Until recently, there was the Gonzo Cafe in Hell's Kitchen. Um, there's the Great Lost Bear in Portland, Maine, that uh, has an entire section of that. And those guys started their restaurant. They were going to college, minding their own business, going to be upright citizens. And they drew the lot to go get Hunter and uh, take him to a speech. And that was that for them. They dropped out of school and, and, and made a, a ton of money doing uh, uh, their dream. I mean, he's like... It's uh, it's a thing, but but businesses, people who create businesses, particularly in in uh, uh, we're, we're sitting here in Los Angeles and Hollywood, uh, people who start their businesses and and include Hunter, I, I think it's a different, it's a it's a interesting genre. And today, that we, brings us to we, finally we have, to our guest. We have somebody here, and uh, should we do a drum roll for this? We wow. should. We I mean, should do a drum that. roll, and. Uh, and I should say, wait a minute, I'll go one more thing. I know you're going to kill me. I'm going to say one more thing. Okay. Uh, the Hunter Thompson book, The Curse of Lona, is about, as much as Hunter Thompson books are, are, are about a specific thing, uh, it's, they sent him to cover the Honolulu Marathon, and he wrote a book. But the, the book's really about sanctuary, but it's called The Curse of Lono. Lono is uh, an ancient Hawaiian god. And uh, with that, we'll introduce uh, our actual guest. Well, our guest wow. uh, owns a bar in Hollywood. The one we're sitting in at this very moment, it's called Lono. It's like you teed it up for us. The, the bar is called Lono. The guest is called Austin Melrose. Welcome to the show, man. Hey. Hey, there you go. There, now hey, you go. Hey, I mean, that was... Hey, how you doing, uh, man? It's so sad because you're so interesting and we're out of time. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I'll see you guys later. i got to go back to work. Um, so Austin, yes. you are one of the co-owners of Lono. Yes, we are. We are on Hollywood Boulevard. I mean, we're in the thick of it here. Right in it. What uh, What inspired you to to do a bar that was sort of an homage to to Thompson? Um, so about five six years ago, my business partner and I opened a, a craft cocktail bar down on Melrose um, called the Melrose Umbrella Company. Um, and basically uh, the, the symbol for the end of prohibition was an umbrella with rain falling from the inside. So it meant if you saw that in a window restaurant liquor store, um, in 1933, it meant that you could get served hooch in there. So that's our, uh, symbol for the flagship. And then we carried it over into, um, 
post prohibition and kind of the start of tiki bars before there was such a thing. Um, and the god Lono is the god of rainfall. So uh, our slogan for the hospitality group is when it rains, we pour. Um, so Lono. Wait a was minute. You do realize you stole that from Cocktail, the Tom Cruise movie. The poster said, uh, when he pours, he rains. Oh, yeah. When he pours, but he rains. But spelled cool. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. I just, anyway, I'd like to talk so, about Tom Cruise as much as I can. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, so it started with that, and it worked out because we, you know, had known about Chris Lono being out of print for a long time, and then obviously Toshin brought it back in with uh, the hardcover and Stedman's illustrations. But um, we wanted to name it something that that we could carry Hunter into, but also incorporate our group and you know, kind of the design feel um, because Lono is also the god of agri- agriculture and fertility and music, and that's what we kind of tried to embody here yeah. what he's saying is people get laid all the time when they come here yeah it's nice happens. every time except curtis oh go ahead curtis go ahead. we had some why, lays out for you guys why, why, why would why would why would you why would you pick on me i don't, I don't i've not done nothing to you well what do you curtis what do you, i mean what do you think of this spot this is a, this you know is, this is a gorgeous spot this this spot was uh from the from the time you walk up to it it's surprising the way you come in the door is surprising the 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 layout of the place is amazing uh, it, it, it's, you just see thoughtfulness everywhere. Uh, even the skeleton, um, <laughs> particularly the skeleton now that I think about it, but it's, uh, it's interesting. There, there, there have been, um, some of the inspiration from it. I'm curious, uh, the curse of Lono is a, as much as a Hunter Thompson book is going to be obscure. That's a fairly obscure volume. Even when they came back out with it, they came back out in a limited edition. Yeah. So it's a hard book to find. I know uh, we've got like one of the originals. Is this? Don't touch is that. What is this, you, why are you touching that? Is book? this owned by Dan, or he said it might be yours from like well, twenty years ago? Isn't there? Doesn't ownership change hands after you've had? I think I stole it from Curtis many years ago, or you loaned it to me, but I've had it now for a good fifteen years. So yeah, it's the reason that the Cherokee don't have Georgia. So, you know, they, yeah. <laughs> I sure. think it's now sure, officially mine. All yeah, right, fine, I, fine. Take it, yeah. But but that said, that said, that was the squatters dark. right. Yeah, that was, was dark. dark. That was right to the darkness. <laughs> Yeah, I'm from that part of the South. So um, I'm curious, do people get it? Do they, I mean, not that they have to. This place is gorgeous and people know what a tiki bar is. But but do, do, do you, because my experience with Hunter Thompson fans is they can be a little uh, unusual. Yeah, they, uh, I showed you guys some of the, the Easter eggs that we've got hidden in here earlier. So there's, you know, some, some Stedman mimic uh, illustrations. And then we've got the infamous postcard uh that Hunter wrote to Ralph saying, you know, Ralph, we killed like champions signed Lono. Uh, so that's in our case next to, um, you know, some fear and loathing shades and then a broken Marlin pole that I branded with his initials. And then Steve was kind enough to leave a, a fear and loathing hat. So we put that in the case just now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He didn't offer me a hat. I know. He said when it was like Steve, one, of the, one of the last I'm ones. Talking about Steve Nemeth, who was uh, the producer of fear and loathing in Las Vegas and producing the movie version uh, adaptation of the curse of Lono. So yes, yes. He was on an earlier episode of this show. Yes. With, with any luck at all, it's available wherever you found this one. <laughs> so Austin, you don't, you've never met, you never met Hunter. I am so uh, jealous but to, to be in your guys' you, presence. You gotta, as well you should have, be. Let's you got to have a good that. Hunter story regardless. So let's hear your, either some way that he's impacted your life. I mean, beyond just doing this business here, what's your best Hunter story? Um, man, I was just freaking out about this story you told on that earlier episode about the, the typewriter with Bob Dylan. I hope that's true as well. That was really cool. Oh, it's true. We said it was true. That Hunter willed Bob Dylan his it, typewriter. Willed would be... Left. 
He left it to him. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, he I didn't do it. Did he have a will? Was there a will? Oh, I'm sure there was a will. That's that. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say there's a will because I don't know who has rights to saying that. You just said it. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. This I'm is done. already broken. It's <laughs> already. Get, get, take it back now. Um, can, can I ask a, a story about a story? Sure. Oh, Lord. The cannon at the funeral. Okay, so it was not a. It was not actually a cannon. It was a. Uh, so, what Austin's talking about is, um, Hunter had given a uh, did a documentary. The BBC did a documentary on Hunter back in the seventies, and they came out to Al Farm where he lived, and he and Hunter took him out back, and he was standing there, and he said, uh, you know, hey, uh, when I die, we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a giant cannon back here. It's gonna be bigger than the uh, the Statue of Liberty. Uh, and it's going to be right here. He's pointing. So uh, he died He died on February 20th, 2005, and Johnny Depp decided to make uh, Hunter's words reality. And so six months to the day after Hunter died, so it was August 20th, 2005, he threw this big event at Al Farm. There were 250 people invited i was lucky enough to be invited curtis was there as well and um everybody had to meet in the uh in the uh in the hotel jerome in town in aspen and we took shuttle buses up to the property because they didn't want anybody driving up there and what was amazing is on the way up you know we're going through woody creek from aspen there are just people camped out. Like people came from all no over way. the place. Yeah, like fans from all over. And we're just on the side of the road and holding up, you know, gonzo signs and That's incredible. And so the the, the event was uh Johnny had built this, you know, a big sort of lounge out back of the house and and it was sort of a recreation of Hunter's kitchen. They had the refrigerators and everything else going so it was amazing. He brought and, in set designers to do it and um uh, they recreated the, the kitchen with uh, uh, the refrigerator. Where they found those is anyone's guess. But, you know, they, they really recreated that. And then, of course, in the back, it was a 150-foot-tall Well, So, so what, what, how they did it was this. So it was all very top secret. And this thing was draped in these red silks. And, and they didn't want anybody to see this thing. Yeah, there have been so, news helicopters coming over. Yeah. To try oh, to my God. So what, what ends up happening is... There was a bunch of speeches. People got up. Jan Winner, Juan Hunter's son, um, uh, George McGovern, uh, uh, Ed Bradley gave a really nice speech. And, and then we all kind of went into the back area, and they had set up a stage, and there was a screen there, a big screen. And up on the screen come Pops Hunter. And it's the same spot, the exact spot he was standing when he did the documentary. And he says, hey, uh, when I die, we're going to have this... Uh, statue back here and he's pointing and there it is right you see this thing and the the statue of liberty i think was 153 feet tall so this thing they did was 155 feet tall so it was <laughs> taller than the statue of liberty oh but it was not a cannon what they actually did was they they took hunter's ashes and they sent them to a fireworks company in jersey and they they put the ashes into the fireworks so this thing was more like a, a very tall almost like a lighthouse basically and at the top was this the fist the gonzo the famous fist the tom benton designed with the peyote button in the middle okay so uh this they start playing um uh in fact are we, are we worried about getting 
sued, Curtis, oh, by playing, we, we, we have too by much playing music? Sure. Yeah, we can we can Ooh. do it. What's, so what's they the start. This is the song. Problems. This is the song they played, right here. And here it comes. Yeah, we're, no way. Yeah, yeah. This was this was the song. This Spirit was the theme the song. Sky. Spirit in the sky. I love it. So this starts playing, and as it's going. They start to do like a little strip tease. They start they starting at the bottom. They start pulling these red silks I, I, off. I was just about to say this was a, a routine that my mother shared that she did cheerleading in high school yeah. and still knows to this day. But that's perfect. Yeah, this is what they do. It's a perfect yeah, intro. And then when they get to the very top, the last one comes off, and the peyote button is uh, the the fist is there, and the peyote button in the middle is glowing, and oh. the whole over the whole valley, and the uh, and the Fireworks, and then the fireworks go, and they just start going off, and and then uh, and then they played uh, Mr. Tambourine Man, which was uh, Hunter's favorite song. They played that afterwards. So now, then, with moments like that, was there was there like a lot of emotion going on? Were oh there people well, so like were people partying? Like I'll tell Hunter? you this for me personally, for me personally, we, we got to plug we got to plug you in, Judy. Oh, we got we can do that. We can plug Judy in. You want to get, get her? No, no, she's all right. She says right. no. Um, she was there. Judy was there. Judy Clancy. Um, for me personally, so my stepdad, who raised me, died in a fire. He was a firefighter on August 20th, 2004. This is one year to the day. Wow. One year to the day. So after they play, um, after they play Mr. Tambourine Man, Lyle Lovett walks up and gets on stage. And Lyle plays uh, "If I Had a Boat." Uh, do you know the song "If yeah. I Had a Boat"? That's uh, that's Hunter's. Uh, what was his was... favorite Lyle Lovett song? Yeah, yeah. And uh, here it is. Let's let's do that one. Here we go. Yeah. This because you know this if we're great. gonna get sued, we might as well just play a lot of music we don't have the licensing yeah. rights to. See, we're an internet thing. All they can do yeah. is call us and tell us to take it down, which we will do. I'll call Lyle. <laughs> he will not sue us. So uh, they play. Lyle gets up and plays this, and I'm standing in front of the stage, alongside Curtis, his wife uh, Donna, and Ed Bradley from 60 Minutes. It's right. the four of us there, and I'm crying now because it's all hitting me. You know, the hunter and my stepdad, and and I remember Ed putting an arm around me, and like Donna was like putting the arm around the other one. And the really, you know, bum anybody out. But the crazy part was. Within two years of that, Ed and Donna were both gone as well. Uh, wow. Both. I don't see why that would bum anyone out. <laughs> what, Particularly <laughs> me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Curtis is crying yeah. now. Yeah, so that was, you know, and I mean, I'm just saying, like, it, it, you know, it bring, like doing this show now brings back so many memories because so a lot of these people are gone. A lot of the people, sure. uh, like, in the Hunter world are gone. And, and uh, but that they're, one they're moment. Partying, they're partying with them. That moment that we had then was, and, and so to answer your question about how was, was it a part, the rest of the night? Uh, yeah, I believe there was some. Uh, there was some uh, stuff happening that night. Refreshment, <laughs> refreshments were served, yes. as I recall. <laughs> refreshments were. You know what? I still have. Uh, remember, they had those really nice uh, Gonzo fist, those really small stickers, and and they were in they were in the hunters. I kitchen. thought you were going to say the. I thought you were going to uh, say the mushroom chocolates. No, oh. not saying anything about the chocolates. Uh, we did. You know what? I I actually uh, I stole a bunch of those. I still have like twenty. Don't you remember? So they they, uh, they made these mushroom chocolates. And they were wrapped, and they had little Ralph Steadman things on the wrapping. Unreal. And years later, Curtis comes out, and we're doing a birthday party. Where, and he had nothing to do with this. I'm going to say this right now. 
so he doesn't get pissed at me. But the guy whose birthday party it was was uh, Louis Ryan, who owns the townhouse and a bunch of other. You guys yeah. know you're all in the L.A. bar scene. And we're at Louis's birthday party at Jelena in, on Abbot Kinney in Venice. And Curtis went and hung out with uh, Steve. What was his name? Who did who designed the whole party? The guy who designed. I'm the, not going along with this because I know where this ends. <laughs> Should I not be talking about drugs? No, no. go ahead. So anyway, Curtis shows on. up. You're this far Curtis now. shows go. up. This is many years later after the Hunter thing. Yes. But it still lived on because Curtis pulls out and he goes, look. And he's got these little wrapped chocolates. From, I and I, I remember them from the, from the Hunter Memorial. And I go, how the hell did you get that? And I goes, stole an entire tray and froze them. <laughs> I did. I stole an entire tray of them. And we did them that night. It was and great. I was, always, I, was, it was, I was always terrified that they would, that, you know, I put them in a, a thing. When you put something like that in your freezer, you don't know what if you've got company and they come and they're like hungry in the night and they're like, oh, look, oh chocolate. My God. So, you know, I put like a rat poison thing on the Tupperware and all this Biohazard. Stuff fire, fires. I wish I'd done it. Biohazard would have been good. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would try to keep them. But yeah, yeah, that was, uh, uh, that was, that was the dregs. But boy. You know, if you freeze stuff, it ta- it lasts forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I told I told this story on my other podcast, What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, when I had Curtis on, but I'll tell it again. It was that night. I ended up going into the, uh, the house. Into the, the the party was out back, but I, I went into Hunter's house uh, for some reason. Uh, and I was with a lady friend, and she was in the bathroom. And while so while she's in the bathroom, I'm in the kitchen, and the kitchen was the nerve center of the Hunter world. And there were... Hunter's house was like a museum. There were so many things that he'd collected over the years and everywhere. And there was one item that was always a particular fascination to me. Tacked up over the, over the kitchen sink was a Polaroid of Hunter and John Belushi. Wow. Okay. And it, it's believed that this was the last photo ever taken of John Belushi alive. Belushi had been in on the East Coast, and he decided to road trip from the East Coast to California. Drove out, stopped at Hunter's, spent a day or two there, continued on to L.A., and two or three days later, he was dead. No right? way. Yeah. And, uh, and so this photo had always been there, and it's this amazing photo. They just got their arms around each other. And, and so I'm sitting there, and I, and I, 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 I realize there might be some wrangling going on about Hunter's property and you know who's going what's going to happen is going to end up in a warehouse and so I've got one the voices in my head one and and by the way these voices may have been impacted by uh, by uh, substances (laughs) we're going I was like hey just just take it take take the Polaroid Hunter would want you to have it oh my god you'll treasure it you'll protect it then the other voice is like motherfucker you can't steal (laughs) From a dead man? You can't steal from a dead man. And I was like, man. Eh. And it was almost like. Uh, so you pic- almost have it right. You can't libel. Well, picture, a dead the, man. picture the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you can't like, actually steal. Like, picture Gollum, oh, like, yeah. reaching out, like, my precious. <laughs> like, I was reaching out for it. I'm like, oh, God, take. And then, and then she came walking out of the bedroom. Hey, what's going on? I'm like, oh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing's happening. Like, sweating. Oh, and, I, and I just looked at it and I was like, bye. Buy Polaroid and I went. I left it. I didn't oh, take man. it. Man, and it probably is sitting in a box somewhere in a warehouse, right? I I think it's. I think it probably is. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the need shrine. To see that. As opposed to, I could have sold it to Austin. Yeah, there you for go. For loan, I could have got like fifty bucks off there that. There you go. Thing. Yeah, God damn it. I think you're. I think you're diminishing the value of the uh, t-shirts. 
That's right. Yeah. That would have been a great T-shirt. That was a great. That I wonder where that is because that's a great image. Oh, it was a, an amazing photograph. Like it was it taken. Really out, was. They took it right out front of the house. And but anyway, so uh, that that night was a. Uh, I don't know that I've ever been to anything quite like that. You know, I, I mean, between the people that were there and the amount of. Uh, I mean, things going. We on. said Lyle played. John John Oates got up and played, and Jimmy Ibbotson, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, got up and played. I mean, it was just like a. Uh, well, you know, when the, this this low level of clouds came in, so that uh, uh, the fist was backlit, and so wow. it, it did the bat signal thing up wow. on the cloud, and and I, it was the dumbest thing I think I've ever asked anyone in a career of asking stupid questions. So I turned to one of the guys who had produced it. I'm like, well, did you expect that? He said, yeah, getting God to bring in the clouds was the hard part. I'm like, what? It was a stupid question. And, uh, but it was, it, was, it was the bat signal. You could see the fist in the sky. It was like, a, you know, it was, I'm like, wow, that was, that, that, yeah. that's tough. It was a magical night culminating with me with, uh, I go, oh, man. I, I say to Curtis, I'm like, I, I was much younger then, wilder. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, I, I met this uh, girl. She's great. I don't know where to go. And Curtis said, oh, I have a suite at the Hotel Jerome. Do you want it? <laughs> I did. I wasn't going to use I had I had three suites I didn't use. <laughs> like one of the nicest hotels in Aspen. He goes, oh, I happen to have a suite at the Hotel Jerome. Would you like it? I'm like, yes, I would. Yes. What else you got? He's like, I got an eight ball of cocaine. Would you like that too? <laughs> yes, I would. Thank would you, you like some of these mushroom chocolates? Yes, I would. Thank you. There's no way on earth I would have offered you any mushroom chocolate because <laughs> they were going straight to my freezer. <laughs> it was a it was a perfectly it was a perfectly hunter evening. I, I was I that. was going yeah. to order. Although for some reason I'm I'm not real clear. I don't remember. I did. I ended up with like because I thought all these people are coming, and there'll be no rooms, and uh, I'm going to need places. And so yeah, you I did, rent. You got rooms all over town. I did. I had rooms all over town. I had rooms. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. It turns out I was I, I was at the Wayne Ewing compound that night, and I did I didn't need any of them. So you know, it's like uh, there you have it. And yeah. I, what really sucked is, you know, you gave why me that, you, you gave me the suite. Me? Why would you believe me? That's exactly the kind of thing I would do just to mess with you. I'm like, yeah, uh, go to the Four Seasons. And, no, and, he, and he did. And of course, <laughs> and of course, guys being guys, I was not going to let it just sit at that. I'm like, oh, this is great. I got the suite. And then, and the girl was like, can we get like some wine or champagne? Oh yeah. Can we? <laughs> of course we can. <laughs> <You> betcha. <laughs> I insist. Oh, man. In fact, even if I was going to pass out right now, I would still yeah. order a bottle of 96 Dom on general principle. I was going to yes. say, and then yes. take yes. it a step further and just <laughs> un- order like uh, Steve was saying in the last episode that Hunter did. Just just order in his in his honor. Well, you, you've yeah. said that before when he would go into the Hotel Jerome and stuff and he would put in his order and say... And they'd say, but there's only one of you here. Oh no, no. I think I think a lot of people that, that who hung out with, with Hunter had that experience at restaurants where you would go in and it would just be you and him, and you'd sit down and say, "Well, I'll have two Heineken. You know, we'll have two you know, two Heinekens, a Bloody Mary, and um, you know, a, a double Chivas in a tall glass." And I, Sir, that's four drinks. And there's only two of you. I have no idea what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> and people, people, a lot of people have had different versions of that, but that that's absolutely true. It's uh. Do you have a uh, Austin? Do you have a favorite Hunter uh, book? Um, I mean, obviously you named this bar Lono, but yeah. yeah. And then my dad was a big biker, so he had the the Hell's Angels stuff laying around a lot. Um, 
just a lot of like like passages from from all of them and then they all kind of just blend into this like feeling you know um which also i want to show you guys that mug i forgot to show steve that we're doing a, a mug they um, are they're doing a they're doing a tiki mug no, did, did, did you see that, that? okay oh, he has that. that cool they're doing a tiki mug that is a an homage to to yeah. hunter and and also it's oh, like by the way for legal purposes let me please let me preface this by saying it is not an actual likeness of Hunter. No. No. Just, I, I actually found it satirical and thus yeah. protected by some of our most precious rights. And it, just like this drink go. right here, I've got a tiki drink in front of me that is called Curse of Lono. Yeah. Right? So can yeah. you tell us a little bit about this drink? Uh, so Other than that it's getting me buzzed. Exactly. We say that it's a, a secret proprietary uh, blend of, of different rums, but we do oh, everything. Oh, come on. What's in it? <laughs> It's it's a special yeah. rum blend, a little bit of light, a little bit of dark, uh, all fresh juices, um, so we don't use any fake sweeteners or stuff like that. We came up in bartending, so it's a lot of like tiki meets craft cocktail. I saw this before I started drinking, and it was on fire. That's right. That's yeah. right. We light that one on fire. They light it on fire. If you want to see, I got some video. Go to my Instagram, at the imbiber. Do we have an Instagram for this? Should have one, right? You guys should so that you can upload stuff that you're referencing. I'm sorry. I, I spent a lot of time with When you guys talk about the gram... I take it totally differently. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Um, that was good. So have you been to any other uh, Thompson-themed establishments? I haven't. He's going to give me a list, though, because I'm going to be on the East Coast. I want to check out the one Oh, in, you, you in can, DC. except here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and there's no good way to say it, but I, I promised some people I would. It's like they don't all do very well. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. A, some of them come and go, although the uh, – you what was go- the one we did? I did my book signing uh, first book in New York, Aspen, it was called. And they yeah. had a lot of Hunter Thompson photos wow. and everything else going on. I was like, this is an amazing place. Six months later, I went back to New York, out of business. Wow. Yeah, that was Austin's awesome. like, fuck. That actually was God one of the strangest nights of my life. That hurts. I knew we should have done this place, the Bonfire of the Vanities, instead. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, all the Tom the, Wolf. You, you all the Tom, Tom Wolf. Wolf. Yeah, all oh, the Tom Wolf themed places. Yeah. Make it. <laughs> <laughs> so, see? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not touching that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So Curtis, jump in there. You 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 got to have some questions for this young man. Come on. Well, I'm, I'm I'll go back to the thing. When people come in, do they do people come in and get it? Oh, finally something done. Finally someplace I can drink with with a Hunter Thompson thing. Yeah. I mean, like like I said, it's Easter eggs that we kind of hide in the curiosity case. So like I said, the photo and the glasses and you know the the broken Marlin pole and then little stuff hidden there. So that's why we wanted to do the mug is like something that really represents it, but is still Easter egg ish. Cause it says welcome to Lono country on the back. Um, so it's a, a combo of, you know, fear and loathing meets curse of Lono. Um, so it's, it's a combo. Yeah. But people, people, yeah, they dig it. Well, Easter eggs are good, but I mean, you have a drink called the curse of Lono to fair. Do, do people understand. They get it. They, yeah. they get it yeah. at that point. Yeah. Because I know people who are kind of hunter fans that really deal uh, the Curse of Lono is one of those books that just sort of slid through. Yeah. And, and in some ways, it's a it's a cult sure, book sure. in a lot of ways. I sure. can see where you'd be attracted to it. Um, and it is one that I think it's got the best Ralph Steadman. Yeah, I do too. I think the, I the, the imagery of it is just just so brutal. And, and clearly, he was traumatized by the whole thing. Of course. Yeah. You know, you go on the road with Hunter. You, you. That, I know. You it just, it just start. I love the the intro letter though, where it's like I'm thinking about uh, entering the 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 pipeline masters or he says, but I, I can't because of legal reasons, but I think you should Ralph, which is like the giant big wave surfing competition. Yes, yes. 
That letter is my favorite, man, the intro. And Curtis, how much of that stuff would you say, you know, people always ask this, like, was it, be, was it a put on? Was it, was it real when Hunter would send these misses off to people? I mean, how much of that stuff do you think? You there's always, there's always the idea of how much is real, but I can say this, that you'd be, I'm always surprised when I look back of, of how much he dialed it back. I'm, re- I'm reading this <laughs> right now. It was actually crazier than that. So you can't open the book. If you open the book, that's it. You're in the vortex. Go ahead. Perfect. Read it. Uh, To Ralph, I've also entered you in the Pipeline Masters, a world-class surfing contest on on the North Shore of Oahu on December 26th. You will need some work on your high-speed balance for this... For this one, Ralph, you'll be shot through the curl at speeds up to 50 to even 75 miles an hour, and you won't want to fall. I won't be with you in the pipeline gig due to serious objections raised by my my attorney (laughs) with regard to the urine test and other legal ramifications. (laughs) Oh, man. So you think he meant all that, Curtis? No, I'm I'm sure there was some hyperbole in in this, that, or the other, but... uh, uh, there would be so many things that, that would happen. <clears throat> then when he would write about it, you know, he would kind of dial them back because, uh, you know, he went out every day and had a Hunter Thompson day and shit happened. Yeah. Now, it's a, um, that that great piece he wrote about uh, uh, stealing Johnny Depp's identity and, and, and taking his credit cards and running amok in Northern California, the part about the uh, animal jumping in the car is true. It's insane. They can, you can look it up, yeah. <laughs> as they say. You can look it up. <laughs> That's true. I love it. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited. Judy, uh, this is the portion of the podcast we can't hear. For, the, for, for, those, for those people listening to us on the podcast, we have a massive audience here, maybe four or five. What would you say? Thousands. Five thousand people? Thousands yeah. of people here. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. and uh, um, I, We uh, should bring this up, though. Judy, Judy raises a good point here. And Austin, I'm curious what you might think. Like, What, what do you think Hunter would say about the current political climate going on right now yeah you take a shot you take a shot at being a he's there are you a millennial would you say you're millennial i'm 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 just past it so i just missed the full the full bore millennial stuff thank god okay thank god sorry wait a minute you own your own business don't you yeah Yeah. i rest my case yeah (laughs) yeah no 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 i mean do you do you feel like the world needs more hunter thompson 110 percent. yeah yeah not enough no who's doing it right now matt i know really yeah yeah really I mean, by the way, our director here, Judy, is off to the side. She's telling us what. Yeah, you know, right. I like, it. I like this. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think there's a lack of people sharing like like radical opinions on what to do about it. I'll say that. I think, uh, you know, from years back with political stuff that Hunter would write, like you have to have that extreme backboard to to bounce off what actually should and shouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Like I feel like everyone's kind of. Everybody's worried about their brand. They're kind of going, yeah. They're kind of, they're kind of, they're kind of going along with it, but they're not happy about it. And yet, there's nothing radical. Does that make sense? You don't think any of the Democratic candidates have a, you know, the the Green New Deal doesn't strike you as far enough? Uh, I don't know. I think I think also that the big thing. Uh, you know, someone was earlier talking about you know using using uh, media as a, as a vehicle. I think that was one thing that Hunter could have done, and and brought a different uh, thing to it. Like uh, he he knew how to make it work, or you know, people that that were in his the Hunter the Hunter Thompson party knew how to get his words out. I think I think there's not enough of that. I think too much. Sure, and he was, and he was so bipartisan. I mean, he was friends with uh, 
George McGovern, and, and he was friends with, with uh, liberals, but he was also friends with Pat Buchanan. He was friends with a lot of conservatives, and he was, uh, you know, he, he could, um, he was subjective, but, it, but I don't think Hunter was ever partisan. I mean, it was kind of like, uh, he didn't like any of them. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I have to say, owning the, owning the business, it's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm like a, I'm a hybrid because we, my business partner and I started as, you know, the low rung dishwashers and cart boys up in Oregon. And then we worked our way up to bus boys and, and servers and barbacks. And then we got to bartend and finally it was like, we were tired of, of being told no or, you know, having bosses. And we're like, how hard is it to open our own bar? turns out it's really, really effing hard. Um, <laughs> but, but we were young and dumb enough to do it. And we've got three in Los Angeles now, all different themes. So they're not, uh, they're not curse of Lono, uh, tropical hunter bars, but, um, I'm on both sides of it because, you know, minimum wage goes up. I would have been excited when I was an hourly employee, and now I'm on the other side going, Now you're like, Shit. screw those assholes. So it's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, dance, I dance the dance every day, but I, I uh, yeah. Well, I, I have a point to make here about that. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> nice out. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, that's how I like to, you know, if that's you're, how I like If to, you're in a place dedicated. That's how I switch directions. <laughs> if you're in a place dedicated to the city of uh, refuge <laughs> and the idea of sanctuary, there you go. Can, can I ask uh, one more question? Did, yes. uh, did either of you ever get to go uh, golfing with Hunter? I never did. I never did. I never did. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, did I did drive the shark several times, uh, but I ne- I, I, the, the upcoming movie uh, has a lot of the uh, golfing. Okay. Do you remember the You're time? Do you remember the time we were down at the Woody Creek Tavern and, and the, 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 we had the? I think you drove the shark then, right? And we had the he had his motorcycle, and we were at the Woody Creek Tavern, and we were going to go back up to up to Al Farm and Hunter's like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. He's going to go. Let's go. We're going up there. Hurry up. Fuck out here. All right, Kate. Okay. Well, he goes, and uh, we're uh, we get in the in the shark and curtis is driving and so what you would do when you come out of the woody creek tavern is you'd go down this road and then there's this like really sharp switchback to the right that goes up the hill to hunter's place and i forget we were driving down and curtis was like yeah you know we got to hurry up because he'll get pissed off if we're not you know we don't get up there pretty quick and we're like okay and we come up to where the switchback is and there's hunter standing in the middle of the road and the motorcycle is laying down, lays laid down in the middle of the road right now. Go ahead, Curtis, pick this one up. Well, the, there's no good <laughs> scenario, right? It's like, oh shit. But but Hunter and and who would have? Uh, he's standing there, right? You're like, hmm. Because your first thought is, oh shit, he's laid the bike down. But apparently, he had stopped to to light the pipe or something. And, <laughs> And the damn thing had just fallen over. <laughs> yeah, it was like, because we're all, like, why are you not hurt? But yeah, we laid the bike yeah. down. And he stopped, he stopped in the middle of the intersection to fire up the pipe. Just, and the bike fell over. It was anticlimactic. Yeah, and he couldn't, and he couldn't was, get it up. Yeah, you're, you're like, what the hell? Couldn't get it up. The, so the reason, then, the, yeah, and, and of course, it's like, it's like, it's a full dress Harley. <laughs> so the thing weighs a gazillion yeah, pounds. It's yeah. like trying to, to. But I love that to, he just left it there and was just waiting. So we, waiting had to, we had to help him pick it up. It took all of us too, man. Those things are heavy. Hell the, yeah, they are. The reason I'm asking about the golfing thing, I, I heard one of my my favorite stories probably is is he was out with some reporter, and uh, they were playing golf, and he was it, he like missed missed a shot and was super pissed, so he wheels off and throws his putter into the pond, which is full of geese, 
and goes running over to the cart and pulls a shotgun out of his golf bag and starts shooting the geese that his putter inspired to fly <laughs> out of the air. That could have been George Plimpton, right? Didn't he go golfing with him one time? Yeah. Wrote they, about it? They, they, yeah. There was shotgun golf. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been very informative. And uh, I, I would uh, suggest to anybody out there, if you come to Hollywood, California, you need to come to Lono. You really do. Thank you guys for telling some yeah. stories. That was amazing. Well, if they if they if they can find the place, and if they're cool enough to get in, <laughs> tell them Curtis Robinson sent you. Yeah, yeah. Tell them. And, tell and them put it on his tab. Tell tell them you hear from the podcast, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have a tab going. Count on it. Count on it. Trust me on that. That armed with that name and sixteen dollars will get you one of these drinks. There we go. I'm just kidding. What is this? Fourteen dollars? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, sixteen. I'll give you. I got seven cash right now. I'll give you for another one of these. We'll get you a zombie. So I think, in the spirit of Lono, I think we should go out with a little, a little Don Ho. Oh yeah. There you go. I love it. Thanks for inviting us. Austin Melrose. Thank you guys. Lono. For thanks for having us, Curtis Robinson. Always a pleasure to sit next to you. It's always good to be on the West Coast, Dan. There you go. Well, the Southern gentleman hit the highway and gave us stories we could share of crooked schemes and shattered dreams of people everywhere. Road of whiskey screams and motel rooms 